Man, branding is so important, man. And I feel like for like for black people, I think it's really important that we get this down. Don't build your business to just take in the black community. Like build your business, like think of your business as like you're the best. Think like one day Beyonce, think like one day, you know, John Favreau, think somebody's gonna wanna come and shop with you. Like, like already see yourself on like another scale. And I think when you start there, that's where the branding comes in. How's it going, guys? And welcome to another episode of Secrets to Silent Success. Today, we have the one and only JP of JP's Pancake Company here in Austin, Texas. How you doing this morning? Doing good. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Cool. appreciate you for taking the time to thank be here, man. Thank y'all for having me. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, we know you started off in the restaurant industry, in the hospitality world. One day, you seen the manager. I have a box of pancake mix, and it kind of got your wheels turning. Can you tell me a little bit about the story of how JP's Pancake Company came about? Yeah, man. So, um... Moved here to Austin, felt God called me here to kind of, you know, start over. Sure. Um, I, the basketball didn't kind of work out the way that I wanted it to. And um, I was working at a taco band, and that was one of the jobs that I did while I was in college. And I had a manager named Larissa. She left some pancake mix behind. Um, and, uh, you know, if you work in the restaurant industry at any point, like, you bring all kinds of stuff into the kitchen. So it's like sure. if you work at a Mexican restaurant, at a certain point, you don't want to eat Mexican food. Like, you bring in pizza, you bring in donuts, you just bring in anything that's different than what's on the line. So sure. she brought in pancakes. And so uh, one night, you know, one of those nights where you don't want to eat anything in the store, yeah. you start looking for what everybody else brought in. Yep. And she had the pancake mix, and I was like, you know what, man? Like, this looks kind of good. I never really made pancakes before, so it was a slow night. I wasn't, like, hungry for anything. And so I got to kind of kill, like, two birds with one stone. I got to try something you know, making pancakes yeah. and kill my time with that. And I also got to eat pancakes. So went around the store, started putting stuff um, like in the in the batter or whatever, okay. just like never really like made a pancake before. So I was just like throwing stuff in it that I felt that would make it good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I had some water, mixed it up and uh, made my first like pancake. The first one wasn't, wasn't too good. So I think I made it like a little thicker or something like that. And yeah. then like, Threw it down again, and that one turned out better. Mm -hmm. And I ate it. I was like, this is pretty good, you know? And I thought it was like, I didn't think it was like, whoa, like, I'm, you know how people, like, they'll come up with a concoction and be like, man, like, this it's is amazing. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, man, it's, you know, pretty good. Like, yeah. but my coworkers tried them, mm -hmm. and they were more like, a, I think you just kind of hit the jackpot type of deal. Like, they were, the excitement was crazy. Um, and so I ended up just, making all the pancakes today, ran out and fed everybody in the store. Yeah. And uh, again, didn't think of it that night, but eventually that just became a thing. I would bring a box of pancake mix when it was slow. I started making it and then eventually that kind of spread to my roommates, parties and different things like that. And then from there, it was like, yeah, just kind of became something yeah. um, that people were like, you should do something with. Gotcha, gotcha. So tell me about that transition. You said, hey, it started just yourself, then to your coworkers, to yeah. your parties and friends, yeah. and then it transitioned to a full-time entrepreneurship with a, with a business. Tell me how that transition came about. Yeah, so it kind of, so like, you know, at these parties, like, you know, you meet all types of people, you know, um, and, uh, right, if there's food there, like, you know, there's food, but then, like, every now and then, it's like, hey, like, JP, like, bring the pancakes to you. Like, you know, somebody yeah. heard about it, my roommates, you know, told people, like, hey, like, can you bring uh, pancakes to the thing? 
And so, uh, like, yeah, sure. Like, to me, it's like a party trick. Like, it makes people happy. I want to share it with everybody. So, like, I'm, yeah. I'm bringing them through. And then it's kind of like the worst for the AJP is going to be there with the, you know, with this little pancake thing, yeah, you know, yeah. and the real messy operation back then, like not, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Just kind of a pitcher, a pancake mix, some Dixie plates and like a Gordo from Walmart. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, I think I just did enough of those. And then I started doing like some, like, you know, I think someone had me do their wedding. Uh-huh. Like then someone had me do their baby shower. Then someone had me do like a, a man camp and yeah. All these were for, for free, right? But uh, like it started going from that to you should start a business with this. Uh-huh. And so I started getting that recommendation from people like, yo, like you should, you should try, you know, opening up a shop or something. Like I feel like these will really do well. And yeah. that wasn't in my plans. That wasn't what I pictured for my life. So sure. I struggled with that a little bit, you know, uh-huh. before I jumped in. Like I was like, yeah, you're right. Like it was like, nah, I kind of don't want to be seen as like, the pancake guy, to me, yeah, like, yeah. ignorance kind of made me think, like, you know, as a ball player, like, I feel like pancakes and, like, sugar and fruits, that's kind of feminine to me. I was, like, gotcha. again, just ignorant, you know? Um, and so, like, I was kind of just, like, skeptical that that was God's plan for me. Yeah. Um, what helped you that transition, though, to go from, hey, I don't know if this is for me, to yeah. going full all in on it? Man, going full all in, I think, I think the change was just, like, just realizing that, like, like okay, cool, like, I don't really know what I wanted to do. I had some ideas. Yeah. I switched majors a couple of times, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was like, you know what, man? Like, I'm young. It's, it's worth trying something. Yep. Uh, what's the worst that could happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just those thoughts, I think praying about it helped. But I also Absolutely. think, too, um, there was a movie called Chef that I watched. And so, like, through prayer, through talking, through a bunch of people, um, through just, like, thinking about what the, this would even mean, what this would even be like, and just replaying all the conversations in my head. Um, I think all that led to this moment where I watched this movie, uh, Chef by John Favreau, which is like already one of my like film heroes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it dude's a beast. Like, and he's so like quiet. Like no one really knows who he is, sure. but he's done, I mean, if you just look up his, this, like this discography, I guess that doesn't work in film, but like, if you just look up his resume, like he's yeah, a yeah. beast. Um, and so he made this like chill little movie that he was just kind of being, you know, like just a little cool project called Chef, and I watched it, and man, that was one of the most inspirational movies that I've ever seen, like in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's about a dude that starts a Cuban food truck, and he's trying to break away from the restaurant industry. I wouldn't call myself like I was in the restaurant industry, wanting a new chance, but his story kind of just was like, man, watching that, watching everything, it's just a cool, good feel movie. Like that got me hyped, and yeah. I was like, you know what, man? Like let me look into what all this costs, and then from there, I guess I just never look back. Gotcha, gotcha. What advice would you give to someone who's maybe looking to transition <clears throat> something that's a hobby or something that yeah. they feel like, okay, it maybe could be something yeah. to get that inspiration, motivation, and the, are you talking about the, the funds to be yeah. able to transition to, oh, let me go ahead and, and do this? That's a good question. You know, I don't know if there's any, like, one type of advice I can give. You know, yeah. I feel like it's, I'm trying to think back of, like, what I did. Um, if you have a part-time job, keep that for sure. sure. Or like if you have a job, keep that for sure. But now I would say like the rest of your time dedicated to that hobby. If you wanted to, if you feel like it could be something and you feel like you're onto something that the world would love and that people would kind of like respect and appreciate, I would dedicate the rest of your time to that. So I feel like between work and school and then even when I was out of school, 
like the rest of my time went to just like creating new recipes and just trying different things and perfecting what I did and just getting really good at my craft. Like I wanted to, like I feel like right now, if you put me in like, if there was a world pancake competition or something yeah, like that, yeah. and you put me in there, I feel like I'd win. Yeah, that's like the, the competitor forever. That's the ball yeah, coming out. <laughs> that, and then also just like, I feel like I had, I flipped so many pancakes. Yeah. Like I flipped so many, like I flipped all types. Like I've tried all types of batter. I've, you know, and so it's like, I kind of just became obsessed with this without even really trying. Mm-hmm. The passion kind of overrid it, but when you look back, the passion says like, yo, this dude has probably flipped 100,000 pancakes, a million, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I yeah. flipped a lot, like I fed a lot of people sure. for free yeah. just trying stuff. And so I would say the key is just obsessing over it, mm-hmm. and then eventually like, it'll, that obsession will kind of make room. Um, wow. And I think, uh, man, like don't be scared. Like, it is a scary thing to think about, like, you know, I would just say take it a step at a time. Like, don't think too far into the future. Like, obviously dream, set goals, like try to picture your name in lights and things like that. But, yeah. man, just like take it one step at a time. Like, like for instance, if you make the best hot dogs, right, just practice making hot dogs. Like, get on the grill, practice, like, just like cook for people, like bring, hey man, I'm trying to perfect my hot dog recipe or I got some sauces I want to perfect. Yeah. And some, get on the grill, do that. Then you might say, hey man, like actually, I don't know if I have a dog that I like, I want to make my own. Sure, sure. Then look into, there's, there's, there's something online that can teach you how to make your own hot dogs. Sure. Then look into that. Then maybe you might say, hey, like maybe the food truck route isn't the, isn't the route. Maybe I want to actually produce my own hot dogs in the store and then like yeah. go that, you know, just like, but you gotta fully commit. I think I think the big thing that I see with young people, I've seen it with like just kids that I mentor. I've seen it with like, I just feel like the younger generation. You know, if my brother's watching this, like I feel like he's struggling <laughs> with this too. No shot, no shade to him, but just like, I feel like the young world, and I'm young too, but I feel like Gen Z is like trying to hit a home run at their first at bat. Yeah. Like you going into bat and you're like, you're trying to hit a home run. So what does that mean? You're waiting for the perfect pitch. You're waiting too long to swing, right? And, and you do that because like, you're not worried, like you're going up there, you're thinking like, I want a grand slam, like I want a home run. And it's like, nah, like get on base. Yeah, yeah. Hit a little dinger, like hit a pass, you know, second, hit a pass third, get a pass to do that third, and just get on first base, right? Swing, like, you, like swing, you might not even hit it and get it on first base, swing and you might miss. But like swing, like 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 I feel like the way you really get good at what you're trying to do is like, man, you take a couple swings and you get in like, but if you just sitting like just imagine if a pitcher walked up to the mound and was just like sitting there waiting, you know, and let's say you didn't have three pitches. You say you had like fifteen and he waited all fifteen pitches. Yeah. You're like, what's he doing? Nah, like keep like swing at some that are Far left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swing some that are right down the middle. The only way you're gonna get better is keep swinging. Yeah, and then you might hit one. It might not be a home run. It might be a double. You might get on base. Yeah. You know. But that's you, progress. Yeah, you know, just like and so it's like, man, just like, uh, uh, like Gary V. Like every now and then he'll say something cool. I think one thing that he said that I take away from him is like people forget that, especially if you're Gen Z. Like in ten years, let's say you get nothing right for five, ten years, you'll still be super young. Yeah, absolutely. You'll still have like a world of opportunity in front of you. So just like try everything. Yeah. So absolutely. I, somewhere in all that, I'm hoping is the <laughs> advice for, for entrepreneurs trying to move from 
or aspiring entrepreneur trying to move from like conceptual to like actually doing this? Actually, no, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I would ask you, I know with your pancakes, you're a little different, right? Yeah. Not necessarily a breakfast spot, it's For kind sure. of an evening dessert definitely, spot. Definitely. Where did that idea come from? That's a great question. Um, so we started off actually with breakfast okay. and funny enough, I think, so this quote describes how we moved move to dessert because we start off with breakfast and the quote I want to give is like like don't let like don't let other people that can't see your vision talk you out of your vision right like so I think in the beginning in my mind it was just pancakes like I didn't think eggs bacon sausage hash browns things like that I just thought just pancakes but then as you start telling people stuff and that's why you got to kind of be careful who you tell certain things um I kind of started hearing people say, hey, I don't think you can just do pancakes. Like, people actually told me that. Like, I'm not just making that up. Like, people yeah. said, like, you, you, you got to have, like, you can't just, you can't make money just doing pancakes. Like, you have to have eggs, bacon, sausage, hash browns. Sure. Like, that's where you'll get the more money. You got to have orange juice. You got to have all these things. And so, you know, obviously fear set in because I'm thinking, like, the vision I had was just pancakes. The vision God gave me was just pancakes. But then I started talking to other people that couldn't see the vision. Yeah. And then I was like, you should, I don't know if that'll work. You should try this. This is more safer. Yep. And I gave into that. And so in the beginning for a while, we did breakfast stuff. Gotcha. And we had some pretty cool breakfast items, like enough to where like I feel like one day I might start a breakfast company. Yeah. I feel like we made some pretty cool things. But over time, I started feeling the tension and the stress of doing all that. And I was like, that was because this wasn't my lane. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't our lane. It wasn't what we were supposed to be doing. And so from there, we had to do like a big, expensive, like rebrand, rebrand the logos, change up some stuff. That's where kind of a lot of the confusion with the name came from because like the name was trying to incorporate like a breakfast thing and I was just trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. um, and so... That's why I'm really big on like JP's Pancake Company. Like it's all together. Because sure. the name kind of in the beginning was like more about breakfast. Yeah. And so like JP's Pancakes kind of like, I don't know. It just, it was, it makes more sense if you see all the stuff. But anyway, we changed all that. And I was like, you know what? Okay, cool. We're changing all that. And, and before we changed all that, we changed our hours. And then yep. we made sure the branding matched that. And we said like, yeah, this is a dessert spot. It, it's more of a sweet. It's, it's a... It's a very rich item. These aren't just Denny's or IHOP. Yeah. No shade to any of those guys, but like, this is JP's Pancake Company. Yeah. Like, this Something is a unique. gourmet dessert. Yep. And the the like the vibe I got in the beginning was that I got lights, I got people hanging out, I got dark, um, with mixed with bright colors. So like dark from for nighttime. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I got potentially music playing in the background. You know, I got all those things. Those were the pictures that I saw in the beginning. And so we just started working and getting back to that picture. Like, what do we want it to be? We want people to be out late, enjoying yeah. our stuff, date night, dessert, craving, whatever, yeah. <laughs> bring their family, you yeah. know. And so I was like, yeah, we're not a breakfast company. And, like, we'll do breakfast, like, events. Like, we have a whole catering event side of our company. Sure. So we'll do breakfast stuff. But our identity is a gourmet dessert shop, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're the only one in Austin. And I'm pretty sure in Texas, uh, Maybe in the United States, that solely focuses on a pancake. Like, that's all we do. Yeah. You know. Awesome. I hop on, I hop do burgers. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So.
So you talked about the the transition uh, from doing something that wasn't necessarily your vision to doing something your vision. Yeah. I know you all are huge on branding, For right? Sure. You got the turquoise colors, yeah. the cuffs, the truck, everything yeah. is on brand. Yeah. You really thought about this brand. Yeah. Tell me about the importance of branding. Man, branding is so important, man. Um, man, it kind of like, I don't know if I want to say this. Um, Say it. <laughs> man, branding is so important, man. And I feel like for like for black people, I think it's really important that we get this down. I feel like sometimes we come into for me, I like I grew up in Hood, I grew up in most cities, so like it was like what? Like I had a vision of how I saw business done there. And it wasn't that it was bad, but from what I saw, from my little na narrow view, it was just for, it was like kind of family run, like not really thinking of like, I could be the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And so I think like the first thing I want to tell black people, and I feel like we get this now, but growing up, there wasn't really anybody saying, nah, you could be the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and you should try to be the biggest thing in the world. And so I would say, first of all, like, you know, for my, for my brown brothers and sisters, man, like don't build your business to just take in the black community. Like, build your business. Like, think of your business as, like, you're the best. Yeah. Like, so, like, if, again, if you do cupcakes, if you do hot dogs, if you do hair, if you do nails, think, like, one day Beyonce, think, like, one day, you know, John Favreau, think somebody's going to want to come and shop with you. Like, like, already see yourself on, like, another scale. And I think when you start there, that's where the branding comes in. Because for yeah. me, I was like, do, what do I want? Like, do I want to be, like, small town, like, kind of whatever, because I feel like you're just like, oh, I just want to be in the neighborhood, your branding reflects that. Sure. So it's like, you're not going to care about the logo, you're not going to care about the words, you might just get a, a random font that you think is cool and just like put it on there and like, it doesn't really say anything, doesn't really mean anything, doesn't connect anything, doesn't make people feel anything. But I, I from the jump, I thought, man, I want to be the next crumble cookie, like I want to be the next McDonald's, and we might not get there. Yeah. We might not be that, right? I, like the Starbucks, like, and so what about it was their, their logos that I felt like did it, you know, like Damon John, one of my biggest inspirations, like, like if you think of FUBU, you can think of the logo in your head right Absolutely. now. McDonald's, like, the Golden Arch, you, you think, see it all. You, you see it in your mind. Yeah. Like, so it's like, think of a logo that like when people close their eyes and they think of your brand, yeah, they see it in their mind. And again, there's a ton of businesses that are huge and making a bunch of money that don't have that logo. And so again, at the end of the day, like it's really just what you want. But for me, it was like, like more than anything, I wanted our branding to say like, if you were to put these top 50 brands in America in a box, JPs would be one of them. And you could just put the JP circle and people could look at that and say, that's the best pancakes in United States of America. Yeah. If we get there. Yeah, my mom was in business for a little bit and that was, you know, again, like she'll probably never watch this, so I'll say this. <laughs> but that, that was like, so I'm Nigerian as well. And so I feel like, I hope she don't see this ever. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like one of the struggles with her business was like, how do I turn this Nigerian restaurant into an, a restaurant that's not just for Nigerian people? Yeah. Like, how do I make it so anybody like that is craving Nigerian food can come in yeah. and have a good experience and, and not necessarily to tailor to them, but to think about them. Yeah. Like, and so like, 
that your branding is just like logos and colors is just one part of it. But like your branding feeds into how you do things and how you operate and how you do certain things. Yeah. And so I just feel like because their business was tailored to just Nigerian people, yeah, it really didn't cast a wide net as it could have. Yep. And she makes the best Nigerian food of all time. Yeah. Like, like, you know, people over exaggerate. I can bet a million dollars, like if I had a million dollars, I would bet a million dollars that yeah. anybody that tried my mom's Nigerian food, white, black, brown, red, blue, whatever, you coming back. Yeah, yeah. You coming <laughs> back, like you're gonna, like, like, like she could be as big as Kava. Yeah. You know, she could be as big as Panda Express, she could, like easily. Yeah. And so, I mean, there is still a dream of mine that I want to kind of go back and help my mom. Yeah, but you think of... it was the, the mindset of being, I know you've talked about this before, the yeah, black owned business, yeah. the support black business. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Nothing those wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You have to think outside of that box of a black owned business yeah. and just be a great business. Just be a great business. Yeah. Like, just because, like, I think that sometimes that box kind of just like, okay, cool, I'm just going to promote the black people. Yeah. So all my stuff, my font, my whatever, the things that I use are just going to promote the black people. And it's like, you know, and sometimes like, I would get that, like, I think I got voted, like, top five black dessert, like, in Austin or something like that. And it was like, it was cool, but it was also like... You limited me. I want to be the top I'm five I'm trying to be a top five, like, how's <laughs> over, over of, everybody. Of everybody. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. in general, like, yeah. you know, like, like, am I just good enough for black people? And it's like, and I appreciate the support from from my from my um my brown brothers and sisters, but like it was like, man, like I wanna like I want to just be good. Yeah. Support black businesses for sure, because sure. we need to push black entrepreneurship. Like I go back to my hood and I'm like, man, like I, I think we can revitalize this area and I think we can revitalize the mindset if we just start thinking business from a very early age. Yep. Like don't think about working for somebody else. Think about starting something, even if it's a side hustle that can make money, like that can make you 30, 40, 50 grand a year. Yeah. That's something, you know, How do you a side hustle. Uh, maybe infiltrate is the wrong word, yeah. but other entities and other mindsets infiltrate the hood all the time. Man, so yeah. I will use the word infiltrate. Exactly, How do you yeah. infiltrate yeah. the hood with this entrepreneurial mindset? Because for me, yeah. it was, as, especially as a black for man, sure, for sure. you go to work, you work your 40 hours, exactly. you get your benefits, exactly, yeah. and then that makes you quote unquote a man. Exactly. You out there playing with cameras, playing with exactly. pancakes, yeah, yeah, trying to sure. build a business, sure. not being a man. Yeah. So how do you infiltrate the hood, infiltrate the mindset of the black yeah. community? Be like, hey, we got to go out there and get equity. For sure. That's what we for need. Sure. We need equality, but we need equity exactly, too. <laughs> exactly. We need, we need space in the game. I think, man, the thing is, it's just a fear, you know, like I think a lot of a lot of us, and myself included, are just like driven by fear, and so like driven by like fear and a need for security. Yeah, like that so scarcity for me, mindset. Yeah, you yeah. know, I grew up poor. Yep. My mom did a fantastic job. My dad was murdered at a very young age. Wow. She, um, an immigrant from Nigeria, like I mean, they came here when they were like teens or were like teenagers, but like pretty much she didn't really know anything. She was a stay-at-home mom. My dad had le left no money for us. And so she raised like five kids making wow. probably 30 grand a year. Like I was in college making more money than my mom. It didn't feel, feel right to me. Yeah. You know, like I was like cleaning pools or something like that and I was making more money than what my mom made to take care of five kids wow. growing up. And so like my only thing that I think in my mind is one day I want to buy my mom a house. One day I want to move her out of you know Mo City. Shout out to Mo City. I love Mo City, but like I don't want I don't want her to live there. Yeah. Um, one day uh, I want to even be able to provide for my family if you need to, or like take care of my mom. Where she's and so it's like, 
You think of those things and you think what's the easiest thing to get there and no one thinks business. Yeah. Everybody thinks hoop dreams. Hoop dreams, <laughs> right? Music. Basketball, music, or really good degree. And yeah. that's it. And that's what we're limited to. But no one's thinking like the business might take 15, 20 years, right? You might take 10 years and sell and yeah. get a fat check and then take that money and then do some, you know. No 10 years are going to pass regardless. Like yeah, you might as well build a business. Yeah, it's like you <laughs> might as well try to build something that like it might last you your lifetime and your kid's lifetime. Like that's where generational wealth starts coming in, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, again, like I think people aren't think like people are thinking. Like, I think you have to see yourself as a stock. But you also have to see everything that you touch and everything that you're doing as, as a stock as well. Yeah. And so like, what's better to have just this one career that you're paid by somebody, they determine when you come in, when you leave, whenever, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, please don't hear that. Tr- there are some times, bro, that I'm like, I wish I had a nine to five. Like, like <laughs> trust me, I say, <laughs> this saying, life is real. This business that was like, yeah, bro, <laughs> it ain't that, always fun. Like, yeah. there's some times I'm like, bro, I should just go get a job, make a six figure somewhere. I can, yeah. like, just do that. It's easier. I don't have to pay nobody. I don't have to worry about all the bills or whatever. Yeah. I live pretty cheap anyway. Yeah. I'll be fine. Like, like I do that for ten years. Sometimes that's fine if you can get that. But I think a lot of times, like, I can get fired from that. Like, I think I can get fired from that. Yeah. I can lose my job from that in a very important time. You yeah. know, but I can't fire. I can't get fired from JPs. You know, yeah. like I can't get fired from the shop. And so it's like. Man, thinking, like, what if this works? But it's such a big risk. But everything's a risk. Yeah. I was going to say, not to get too much on a tangent, tangent, but it's interesting that we think of entrepreneurship as very big risk. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fear involved in entrepreneurship. And I'm like, I have 30, 40 clients. Exactly. You have 100 customers a day. Yeah. But someone working a 9 to 5, you only have one paycheck. You lose that 9 to 5, you don't have a way to sustain yourself. You lose 10% of your customer base, you still have a way to sustain yourself. Exactly. So it's always an interesting and ironic kind of mindset when it comes to 9 to 5 and entrepreneurship. But to get back to the show notes, we want to talk about JP's pancake company. But it's all good Uh, stuff, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all great stuff. So you have some interesting menu items, right? So you got a name out the Celebrities, Matthew McConaughey, sure. Tupac. Yeah. Tell me, how did that come out? That's really cool. Man, so I think the biggest thing is just I'm always thinking branding. I'm always thinking marketing. I'm always thinking how we can do it for free yep. because there's media companies out there, and they're great, but it's just like, man, people charge so much to just run an ad for you nowadays. I'm like, do it really cost that much? And I get everybody's got to eat, you know? So it's yeah. like you start thinking of ways to get your name out there by yourself. And so um, Keisha Cole, like, to Tupac, to McConaughey, I just started pancakes that like I was like, man, what? Like I came up with creations, and I think I came up with the pancake first, and then I came up with the name after. So for the Tupac, okay. Okay. which is a seasonal thing, so we don't have that currently. Um, it was a white chocolate chip pancake with a homemade blackberries, different blackberries, and I made that pancake before I thought of the Tupac, and then I looked at the pancake and I was like, man. The black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. juice. <laughs> and I just thought about that. I was like, okay, that's a Tupac, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Keisha Cole, you know, um, I'm a huge fan of Keisha Cole. And so, like, that pancake as well had a similar basis like the Tupac and just add, like, instead of white chocolate, dark chocolate with, like, and so I was like, man, like, that feels like a Keisha Cole. Like, I, like, I feel like Keisha Cole is, like, that one person that, like, like, just dudes 
can relate to for some reason. Like we like, I feel like we know her music more than girls do. Yeah. You know, um, and so uh, I'm a big fan of her. So I just thought about that. And McConaughey, I just look at him as just like this dude that just does everything. Like, yeah, absolutely. He's done everything. You know, um, career-wise, he's just been on everywhere, yeah. and he's Stayed also like, Austin. and still local. You know, yeah, and so yeah. like just. So I thought the McConaughey, you know, it's like very Austin, very local, but still very Hollywood and still very in all types of like, he's been an interstellar, like a crazy yeah. cool movie, but he was also like the king of rom-coms. And so he's just like all over the place. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, I would just think of a pancake and think of like who's somebody that would be a cool thing to name it after. Yeah. And some of them are named after like more chill people. Like some of them are named after like people that I met at the shop. Like I have a pancake uh-huh. named after like someone that like, came and created the pancake with the BYOB. And I yep. said, man, this is really good. We're going to add it to the menu. Wow. So we have one called the Haley. It's just a random girl that I think she actually lives in Dallas. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just <laughs> the inspiration comes from different things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So also, you said everything on the menu is under $10, yeah, right? Yeah. So what was the mindset behind that? How do you pull that off when inflation is crazy? In For sure. <laughs> so I just feel like... You know, for me, I kind of started off thinking, that's another thing with branding. Like, people think branding is just colors. Like, I started off thinking, okay, pricing. Yep. What do I feel like people will eventually want to pay for this? And so, <clears throat> I think a big mistake that entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs make is they come in the game and they charge very cheap for their prices. Mm-hmm. Let me, first of all, come out here, like, three years ago, maybe even before, and let me set the prices of, like, what I feel like the best in my industry are. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at the prices of people that were doing what I did, like all types of places, whether it's cupcakes, cookies, like any type of dessert. Yep. And I said, this is what I feel like they charge. So I'm going to charge a little bit more than that. Because yeah. I, like I thought about inflation three or four years ago. Sure, sure. Like I considered that. So I was like, let me actually price it a little higher. So I started off like with a number. I was like, cool, like this is a little as high or a little higher than like my competitors which i don't feel like i really have any i just huge competitors just for terminology yeah and i was like cool but i know people are going kind of like mm, i'm not sure but i know it's good so i, I feel like it's, it's gonna be fine yeah and then i said all right let me change the price one more time and that was it yeah and i did that then because i said Right now, what, like, we don't even have our pancake mix. Like, like, we make everything by hand right now. Like, eventually, you want to get a distributor, and that'll yeah. kind of streamline the process. And so I know that the price point for us will come down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I buy, like, all the ingredients for my mix come from, like, the grocery store, from, like, Amazon. So, like, I know once we can streamline that, our prices will come down, which means our sure. profits will get bigger. So I said, like, <laughs> let me just yeah. take a chance right now. Yep. And it did turn out that I was right and that the, the product was properly priced. If you compare other desserts and what it would cost to go mm-hmm. get ice cream at Jenny's or, or cookies at Crumble Cookie or whatever, yep. it's the same exact price. Yep. You know, if you, to get a Pazuki at BJ's, it's, a, it's, a, it's in the lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think my product is better than all of them. No shade. And so I was like, like I was on the money and I was like, cool. Like, and then this is crazy because like we're making a profit on our product right now and we haven't streamlined it yet. Once yeah. you streamline it, it'll drop down. So you just gotta do your research, I feel like. Yep. Um, I also know I didn't want to be expensive. Like I like it's gonna be expensive if you want your pancake to be expensive. But sure, sure. you'll when you get the product you'll see like it's all the money's in there, you know. So you mentioned 
uh, you use the word competitors, but yeah. you don't really have too many competitors. Yeah. But however, Austin is like the king For of sure. food trucks. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? True. So, yeah. so how do you stay competitive? Yeah. Not necessarily with people in the gourmet dessert For sure. area, but just yeah. in general. It's, it's sure. a million food trucks on the street. How are you competitive? That's a great question. So I feel like the key to staying competitive is to not see the competition. Yeah. Um, because... I'm not, like, if you ever hooped before, like for my, my hoop guys, and like basketball, like you hear your coach, he might say something like, um, don't play, like if you're playing somebody that's like, uh, like a team that's not as good as you or like worse than you. Don't play down to like, your competition. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't play down to your competition. Play up to like our standards. So, and, and you would, like every, everybody has seen a team that was like the best team and they play the worst team, and the worst team ends up winning somehow. It's like, how did that happen? They played down to the competition. I'd have some people tell me, oh, like, you're my competition. I'm like, okay, like, cool, whatever. Like, in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not. Not in a prideful way. Not that you're not even doing better than me, numbers and whatever, but you're thinking about now. I'm thinking about 20 years from now. Sure. I'm competing against myself 20 years from now. And so, how do I keep up with the competition? I compete against myself. Sure. Now, occasionally you can look around and see, all right, what are other people doing that you feel like is helping them out? Yeah. Right? Not in a way of like, like you don't, you see them as better than you, but you, you get, like there's nothing new under the sun. You get an inspiration from all different yeah, outlets. Yeah. And so yeah, like, scouting. yeah, you look at other <laughs> yeah. people like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like they did that. That's dope. Like we can do that. That's easy. Oh, cool. They put a sign out here and that, that, you know, that kind of helps like, all right, cool, we can get a sign, like, but I'm not doing it to compete with them. Yeah. I'm doing it because I want to be better. And there's a lot of people that are better than us, and we can respect them and not see them as competition, but respect them as, like, they're doing their thing, and we can take some ideas and do our thing with that and make it our own. And so, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, like, I'm always, like, where are we at? Where do we suck? Where do we want to get better? Yeah. And and com- and make sure that you next year is better than that you yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. You know. So we've talked a lot about hooping. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and ask some hoop for questions. Self, for right? yeah, yeah. Obviously, most people who are hooping, whether it's through school, yeah, high school, whatever, sure. got hoop dreams, definitely. right? And then you realize at a certain point, hey, them hoop dreams definitely. are not going to come to definitely. be. Definitely. How have you been able to apply some of those things that you yeah. learned? We've already talked for about self, some, right? Self, yeah, but yeah. how have you been able to apply some of those things that you learned, that competitive yeah. forever, just that mindset of being an athlete to what you're doing in entrepreneurship? For sure. So I know, like, man, just, it's crazy because, like, one thing about basketball that's cool is, like, like, you play with a team, and so you play with different people, and so, you know, for the most part in high school, I was, like, the leader of my team, and so, like, whether it was, like, just statistically or just, like, influential, influ- um, uh, influence-wise, and so it was, like, you think, you think through the lens of a team, that's one, and I think you also think through, like, drills, and you sure. think, like, what are the importance of drills? So then that translates to systems, like, I'm a big systems guy, even though I suck at it. Like, I'm probably the worst person when it comes to systems. <laughs> and we have some, and people would say, like, I'm being too hard on myself. But um, I'm always trying to get better with our systems when I can think about them, you know. The one thing my coach would always tell me is, like, uh, do it wrong, do it long. Do it right, do it light. So it's like, if we're running suicides and we're going to the baseline, but we're not really touching the baseline yeah, and yeah, getting yeah. across, <laughs> yeah. right, he, they'd have, be, have a coach right there, like, all right, cool, like, all right, you, all right, man. Everybody stop. Get back online, you know. Mm-hmm. Or he make us run it all the way through, and then like, hey, man, so and so didn't touch the line, so we're gonna do it all again. So that translates to don't cut corners. Yeah. Like do it the right way. Like do it the right way. Like get all the things you needed for business. 
pay my I pay my taxes, right? I'm not trying to I'm not like I'm not trying to get caught up in nothing. Like I'm I'm doing it the right like our ingredient like everything I'm doing it the right way. Like I'm not tr- I'm not going to cheat myself now mm-hmm. and later get you know what I'm saying be put in a position to and so yeah I think those are some of the things that I think of. I mean there's a million different sure. analogies that I feel like basketball kind of help you know yeah. pave but um, yeah just there's a tremendous amount of discipline that comes with this, but I would say don't think about the discipline. Be obsessed, and the obsession will create the discipline needed to maintain the brand. This is Secrets of Silent Success, yeah. so would you give me JP's Pancake Company secret to success? Um, for me personally, again, like I'm not sure what everybody believes out there. Um, I'm a follower of Jesus, man. Like I love God, and so I think Honestly, I like ultimately like, everything I've told you. I think comes from just like knowing that like my purpose, like, was rooted in God and was rooted in that. So like, like to me, like, I don't want to use that and say like, oh, like follow God and like everything's gonna be successful and everything's gonna be great. But I, like, if you're asking me like, what's the driver? What's the main motivation? It's giving Him glory. Um, and so like, that's a different standard, right? Because if if my motivation was to give myself glory or my or to make other people proud of me or happy then I, I feel like this is a lower bar but if i'm like trying to please god ultimately it's going to make you happy it's going to make my customers happy it's going to make my team happy it's going to give me fulfillment sure. and so there's just such a high standard that i shoot and so i think i think yeah the, the secret to success is the standard that you set on yourself for me it's glorifying god um whatever it is for you i would just say set the bar really high and then just always try to reach it. And I think like if you, like if, if a kid is, spends his life trying to, like if you take two kids that are both the same height and you put a 40, 45 inch vertical and you say every day, do whatever you need to do to reach 45 inches. But like one kid has 45 inches and the other kid has like 36 or 30, right? I think over five years, a kid that did everything trying to get to 45 yep. might not get to 45, mm-hmm. but he won't be at 30. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you like, don't reach so, too high, you aim too low, yeah, J. Cole. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Shout out to J. Cole. <laughs> Another big influence. Yeah, so I would say standing, man, and just, yeah, my faith is, is a huge. Like, honestly, like, just being, like, real, like, like, I tell people this all the time, not even just as, like, a... Like, I truly believe I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I really don't feel like I know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of Waking up, you know, I know what I have to do, sure. and I get that done. And then in my spare time, when I'm not doing what I have to do, I think about what I can be doing to make the business better. So ultimately, I believe if you just show up, like, more times than not, like, you're going to beat out everybody in your, like, that's in your lane or in the lanes across you. Like, like the people that just show up, Every single day, every single hour, every single week, month, year, over 10 times, the people you started with, it's like, it's going to be very few. Yeah. And so consistency over time, honestly, just wins. So you don't even got to be that good. Just be consistent. Show up. But a lot of people can't just, like, the average food truck span, I think in Austin, last time I checked, maybe in Texas, is like a year. Wow. That's crazy to me. Yep. It's like a year, you know? Like the average from the highest to the lowest is a yeah. year. So that means there's people that don't make it six months. Yeah. 
you know. And so, and even if it's two years, that's still crazy. So it's like, but it's all God's grace, man. At the end of the day, um, I'm a product of that. And uh, yeah, you know, secrets of success, man. That's that's my secret right there. I appreciate yeah, you, brother. Yes, sir. It was it was fun, man. Yes, sir. Cool, cool.